What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Hook One Pod. We're here at Hook One Bait and Tackle in Marine City, Michigan, right on the beautiful St. Clair River. <laughs> dirty St. Clair River. No. Yeah, dirty old St. Clair River. Uh, anyway, I'm Pete, for those of you that don't know. And I'm Louie. And we're here to talk about a lot of stuff today. We got a lot of catching up to do, hence the name of the episode. You like that? Yeah, it was catching. I didn't get that part until now. <laughs> Sheesh. Anyway, uh, yeah, anyway, we got a lot that we want to touch on. So we want to touch a little bit on um, on the big hurricane that came through, Hurricane Ian. Um, that was very recent when we were recording this, and I am going to get it edited and probably sent out today um, that we do it both. But I want to touch a little bit on Hurricane Ian, kind of where it hit. Um, obviously, you all probably know that we're, you know, Louie and I were born right here in the Blue Water area. Um, born and raised here our whole lives, but both of us travel to Florida. We both fish Florida quite a bit. Um, we both love it. So we want to talk a little bit about that, where it affected, uh, maybe some ways that you can help out. How's that sound? Yeah, that's pretty good. We got uh, we got a tournament scandal that everybody's talking about, but Louie and I really want to touch on it, obviously give our take. We've heard a lot of other people's take, uh, but we kind of just want to empty our brains on that one, talk about it, and then uh, kind of get them out of our head. Get them out of there. They're cheaters. They're losers. We don't really want to go past that. Yeah. So, exactly. but we do want to talk about it. Talk about how the tournament field is probably going to change moving forward. You're already seeing it with the fall brawl and the walleye slam. I mean, those competitions are going to feel it the most. Yeah. Oh, the they'll Erie. feel the direct backlash of it because of where they are. Yeah. Lake Erie. All we'll, tournaments on Lake Erie are going to change. Yeah. They're never going to be the same. And for those of you guys that just saw it, like saw the scandal that happened and don't really know. Um, the background on it, we're really going to get into that. Those guys won a lot of money the last few years and like the last six tournaments, eight tournaments in particular. Yeah. Uh, so we're definitely going to touch on that. And then we're going to talk a little bit about Novi and head to the fishing show in January. We're already three months out from that. Seems like it's a long way away, but it's right around the corner. Um, and yeah, just some maintenance going on around the shop. But other than that, uh, we definitely want to start with Hurricane Ian. Pretty nasty hurricane that touched down. Um, on Florida's southwest coast, really took out Fort Myers Beach, um, Cape Coral down in that area it was pretty devastating. High, high water. Uh, basically, Fort Myers Beach is leveled. Yeah, there's um, like no water on some of the beaches now. Yeah, there's, and I know everybody saw the videos and saw that Tampa Bay was emptied out. All that water ended up in the streets of um, Fort Myers and Fort Myers Beach there. So. We just kind of want to touch on, guys, there's a lot that you can do right now. There's obviously um, places where you can donate money, but if you don't have money to donate, I know they're looking at places that are donating food. There's places looking to donate clothes, shelter. That place absolutely got leveled. Um, we've had some pretty bad storms in the area here ourselves this year, and literally none of it combined adds up to what happened down there. No, not even close. Th those, those places – you know, they, they've got a really strong fishing community. Um, Louie and I know kind of, we kind of got the inside track of what's going on from people like, um, you know, you got captains for clean waters, one that's doing a lot down there. And then all the major companies are AFCO, Pelagic, Sims. They're all doing things to help out down there. So just yeah. us being in the industry, captains that we know down there, friends that we know that live down there or visit down there. Uh, there's a lot of ways you can help out. So if you have the means to, like we said, or even if you don't have the means to, it's literally free to share something on Facebook. So just go on Facebook, find out where these places are trying to help out and share it. 
it will go a long way guys. And hopefully we'll be able to go back down there and visit and enjoy those fisheries. Like they're killer fishing down there. Yeah, there was hopefully it, still is in the future. It'll be back. I don't know about how many boats will be there to actually fish. It seemed like those were all kind of tied up on dry land, but in the, in the middle of the street. But yeah, anyway, we just want to touch on that. It's something that, you know, Florida is very near and dear to me. Anyone that knows me personally knows that's, you know, a, a plan of mine is to end up down there. Um, so whatever. I just felt like I had to get that off my chest. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, the big thing that Louie and I want to touch touch on, really looking forward to touching on it, is the tournament scandal. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. If you haven't heard about it, God, I don't even know. If you have heard about it and you have tournaments coming up, we do have 10-ounce and 16-ounce egg sinkers in stock. <laughs> Full price. The price went up a little bit. Price did go up. They're a deadly lure. But anyway, all <laughs> jokes aside, um, for those of you that don't know what happened, we'll touch on it real quick. Uh, a team that's fishing the Lake Erie Walleye Trail, the LEWT, um, they got busted stuffing sinkers. They had walleye fillets and a pair of players. Yeah. Um, in fish they had over eight pounds inside of five fish it was an ugly ugly disaster fox news picked it up barstool sports picked it up espn uh, tsn yep espn oh, times tsn picked it up the times herald uh new york the new york times new york times uh i know a lot of the professionals in the in the industry like jason mitchell um, Ross Robertson of the Big Water Podcast actually had a really good podcast. He had the tournament director on there as well as uh, a friend of ours, Craig Lewis. Yep. So I think you should definitely check out that one. Again, that's the Big Water Podcast with Ross Robertson, um, and he's talking directly to them. But there's been basically there's been a lot of media uh, on basically these two guys, and we're going to try and keep their names out of it because they don't really deserve the recognition that's going around. What happened, happened. It's done. It's over. Um and what I will say on it to start the conversation is I really do think that in the long run, it'll be a positive for the sport. And I know the guys that fish the tournament probably hate me for saying that. I totally understand. Um, Louie, talk a little bit about what goes into tournament fishing so some of our listeners can understand how much that these guys really took from the field. Yeah, so like a, a basic tournament um... – I mean, that's not even like a basic tournament. Like, there's a lot of money to be won in a tournament. It was 10 grand. The, yeah. the one that they got caught cheating on was 10 grand. Yeah. And uh, I mean, those guys take off work to go pre fish. They take times away from their family and they're out there fishing every single day, burning gas, losing lures. They're just grinding out there. And then tournament day rolls around and God, weights just start pouring out of fish. Kind of. <laughs> Kind of sucks. Yeah, like and those guys put they pour their heart and soul into three hard days of fishing, and then to see those guys roll up and drop a thirty-three pound bag with four-pound fish. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. Like I was talking to Joe about it, um, and Joe does a lot of the bass tournament stuff too, um, and I know it's a lot different, especially you know Ohio. A lot of people don't realize, like especially in the walleye world. Ohio is a catch and kill tournament is a catch and kill state where Michigan's a catch and release state. So in Ohio tournaments, you know, the DNR doesn't allow catch and releases from what I understand. It's, you know, you yeah. catch them, you kill them, but it's okay. A lot, all the fish goes back to food banks, um, homeless shelters, places that can actually use the fish. So it really is like a great thing. Um, but that gives, you know, in our tournaments, those fish come in alive. Well, there's no fish that's going to be coming in alive. That's got the weights in their stomach. Yep. 
Um, so that was that was definitely a big thing. But I was talking to Joe, and it's almost immeasurable the amount of things. Like if this really has been going on for two, three years, it's immeasurable the amount of things that they stole from these guys. I mean, you said it. Time on the water pre-fishing. Time away from their families. Money on the hotels. Money on the food. Money with the sponsors. To be honest with you, the sponsors wasted time and money. What's the point of sponsoring a team if another team's cheating and they're going to win? The sponsors are horrible now. It's well, and how you know what though? That's tough too. Like people are getting pissed at some of their sponsors. It's like, come on, shut the fuck up about it. You know, people are like yeah, bagging on Walleye yeah. Nation Creation, or they're bagging on Ranger boats. You really think they know what's going on? You no. think they would sponsor somebody that's stuffing uh, weights and fish? No, like that's have, tough. They have absolutely no say and what really goes on but it sucks for them because they're getting bashed and they really have no play in what happened so it's like where where I, where this started was i think it's going to be it's going to end up being a good thing for the industry uh and for tournament fishing in the sense like you are really watching the true sportsmen and the true anglers which is a lot of us you're watching the true ones come together and i think you're going to weed out a lot of those snakes um you I've heard it in every topic that's come up about this. You're never going to be able to fully stop cheating. As long as there's rules, there's going to be cheaters. Yeah. There's people that live to cut corners. And that's, you know what? It is what it is. You can do your best to avoid it. And I honestly think one of the best ways to avoid it is coming together as a community, being like, all right, this shit's got to stop. Like, you know, forget the money. At the end of the day, forget the money. Everything else that you took from those guys, the opportunity, the joy of them winning, like you think yeah. about all the little things, yeah. you know, and then behind it all to hear that the guys are talking shit at the launch and they're smack talking everybody in this. It it really is unfortunate how that whole situation shook out. And I like to get away from the money part of it. I think a lot of people cheat for the ego. Like, I think they want to be the baddest angler out there. They want to be known that they're the ones that catch the biggest fish day in and day out and it, Dude, like, there's, what, it it doesn't matter everybody's gonna have a shitty day on the water no no matter how you put it me and pete spend god i don't even know how many days on the water out of the year we always have a handful of shitty days when we go out there Dude, we'll have a bad day once a week it, you're you're bound to have a bad day and especially in a tournament in a situation where you're going 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 for it you know there's boomer bust days some days you're gonna hit like oh man and there's some days you're gonna miss and when teams aren't missing and they're consistently cashing checks, not even cashing checks, winning. Top, like, yeah, I, like well, winning. and they weren't necessarily number one, but top four, like top, top like top you know, three, like the best anglers in the world can't yeah. do that. You're 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 Keith Cavias's, Chase Parsons, Gary Parsons, Hoyer, uh, Dwayne Helm came onto the scene strong. It, you cannot do that all the time. Doesn't matter if it's in your backyard or not. You know what I mean? And then. You know, I think this tournament, there's been a lot of suspicion going on, um, but this tournament really took the cake when the second-place team had 16 pounds, and then those guys come up and weigh 33 pounds for first. Yeah. It's especially, and especially, you know. When it, the, go when ahead. the wakes fishing like as tough as it is right yep. now. Like, no way you just go out there and drop 33 pounds when it's – like, wake here, when it gets tough, it's tough. Especially with 20-inch fish. Yeah. You don't – you don't go drop 33 pounds. Like that's just not something you do. No. And they, I mean, they talked about it. If you, you again, I'm going to refer back to the uh, big water podcast, but they talked about it. Then those guys are fishing Lake Erie constantly. Lake Erie right now is full of four pound fish. So four times five, you figure you're going to have, you know, around a 20 pound bag. 
Yeah. Those guys finished with 16 pounds. So they were just a hair over three pounds. And then these guys come in with 33 pounds. That's almost seven pound average fish. Okay. Which is tough, tough, tough to explain. When you look at their fish, you'd think, oh, it's a solid four, five pounder. Like they're not catching bet. What I didn't understand about it is they're catching good fish. Like they're going out there and catching the four, five. I don't think maybe a six pounder they had in the bag. Like yeah, what? they just filleted them to stuff the meat down the other ones. Yeah, like what the, <laughs> what are you even cheating for? Like you have a solid bag, you're gonna finish solid in the tournament. There's no point. Ego. I think you touched on it perfectly. All these guys fish tournaments and we fish tournaments. Let's be honest, dude. We're not fishing tournaments to win the money. No. It's By the fun. time you put in all the time and effort into it, you're not making any money on a tournament. No, not at for all. the most part. I mean, when you win ten grand, it's like, yeah. That, you know, it's a lot of money. When we did May Madness, it was up to twelve grand. Like, yeah, that's a lot of money. But I'm not doing it for the money. It's I'm doing it to walk up there with hook one strapped across my yeah. chest, saying I caught these big fish. I don't you even know? do it for that. I just gotta beat the people that have been talking to shit all year. And I love the competition. And that's you know that's what pisses me off about this is there's so many guys that do it because they love the competition. Whether it's a, a twenty dollar bass derby on the weekends. Or it's the National Walleye Tour. Like the guys are doing it not only for the competition, but it's the camaraderie. It You're with 50 to 100 guys that have the exact same thing in common with you. So it's like you're having those good times, you're doing that, and then something like this comes up to where now people are like, oh, are they cheating? Are they cheating? I mean, I'm telling you right now, the next oh, – I don't even want to put like a timeline on it. The foreseeable future is going to be miserable at all tournament scenes from here on out. Bass walleye, whatever, catching picture release, musky, like all of it. Because everybody's going to be, especially in our area, everybody's going to be on edge. Oh, yeah. It's going to be, there's going to be a lot. It doesn't matter what tournament it is. There's going to be new rules, new guidelines, new everything just just because of this. And it went way more viral than it honestly probably should I could not believe the amount of traction that thing was gaining. Like, when I, when I told my wife about it at first, I like told her it happened, and she's like, oh, that's kind of crazy. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's probably not a big deal to most people, but it's like a really big deal to like us in the fishing community. Like, I can't believe they did that. And then like every single time I checked my phone, some like I saw the story, but someone else was picking it up, like bigger and bigger. And it eventually made TV on Fox News, and I was like, they got nothing better to cover on the news? And that happened what? Two days, three days. It happened on Friday. Friday. Night, well, that's how the Monday. news works, though, right? Like, not, and not only the news, but that's how the media works. They wait to see if something's getting clicks, and then as soon as they get clicks, they just blast it out with like a crazy headline. But like, it doesn't. Like, this was crazy how fast it just picked up traction. And I'm glad. Again, I'm glad it did pick up traction, and I'm glad it did go this way because it one, it gives us something to talk about on here and to come on yeah. here and, and talk to our listeners about, but not only that, it gives what it gives everybody something to think about, yeah. you know, moving forward. Hey, you know, and I can't believe out of all the things that you could do to cheat. I cannot believe it was lead sinkers in the stomach. Like how do you, the most, one of the most obvious things you could possibly do. How do you, what I don't understand is what, like how they looked at their fish and they stuffed eight pounds of lead in it and they thought they were going to get away with it. Like you could look because they it. have, they have before at some point or another. And that's, you know, I was waiting to touch on that. So I'm happy you brought it up. How 
I trust polygraph tests. I'm confident when they're at tournaments. Most of the time you don't have psychopaths at tournaments that can pass these things. But well, it's, it's going to show that if you truly don't think you did anything wrong and you don't think you cheated, you can pass them. Yeah. And they've passed multiple tests. And I'm not saying that they cheated. I do not want to be the one on here saying that they cheated in every single tournament. No, But, but I am willing them. to bet this isn't the first one. No, but, I mean, looking back, they failed a lot too. Yeah, or had inconclusive results. Yeah. Which, regardless, I mean, it's the same It's the same end of the road. It's not passing. Yeah, which, exactly. But it's crazy to me, like, with, they took so many of them that they probably, the results don't even matter at that point. Well, the tournament director said that they were pissed. The tournament director said that those guys were mad at him because he – said that they were going to check their fish. They were like, come on, man, you do this all the time. You know what I mean? So, like, they're used to being checked. But when you're hearing from people on, on Facebook that were camera boats, that they're giving fake GPSs and the camera boats driving around well, trying to find their, them. That was their first time their fish actually got checked. Dude, the camera boat ran out of gas. You can't get fake GPS coordinates. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, come on. But that just, I mean, you know what, it, the disregard for people's time and money, it just pops up over and over and over. And that's like the most frustrating thing about me is like, it's just selfish. At the end of the day, it's just selfish. Yeah, they, they're getting blasted, which is the right thing. They're getting what I, the, the they'll I like, never be I like to try and be Mr. Sunshine. What'd you say? They'll never be allowed in. Oh, they're Anything. done. They're done fishing. They're done. I had a guy try and tell me the other day. He's like, I don't think it's going to be that bad. No, it is. Like, from the court system, it might not be because it's going to be very hard to prove that, you know, they cheated at this one and this one and this one. But it's going to be very easy to prove, boom, this is fraud for $10,000 or whatever it was. If there's a side pot, I'm sure they won that too. Yeah. So you've got that situation going on. But I don't know, man. It's tough. I don't know. From the sounds of it, they're getting – the entire book thrown at them. You're not you're not gonna be able to go to a boat launch anymore. Nope. Not around the area. You're gonna get your ass beat, your truck keyed, your boat fucked up. Like people know who you're trying. When you win for three years, people really know who you are. Like they get to. They, it doesn't take long for them to catch on. Oh, especially down there. Especially in Lake Erie. Like there, you know, there's a lot of guys that go down there and fish. And there's a shitload of boats on Lake Erie, but the the fishing community down there is close knit, and it see for the most part, there's not a lot of drama and bullshit. Like there's. It's, it's hard to say, like, I'm on in every fishing community because fishermen are fishermen and that's what we do. Um, yeah. We do admit it. You notice there's guys down there helping each other. Like, they, they work together. They they make the best out of their fishery. So, like, they're essentially done. No more boat launches, no more public events, nothing like that. So, it's like, you know, you might as well move. But now if you move, it doesn't dude, matter. it's everywhere. It, it, it's oh, everywhere. Yeah. The Worldwide. news is everywhere. So... I think I don't know. What I was saying about the Mr. Sunshine thing is I, I like to try and see the positives. So what I'm seeing come out of this is not only are these guys getting what they deserved as far as punishment goes, but the, the, the tournament fishing and the anglers are they're getting what they deserve. Like these guys are caught, they're not doing this anymore in the tournaments, this particular set of guys. So now, you know, there's a little bit I think at least to ease your mind, because like I said, they've been suspicious for a while. You talk yeah. to guys that are fishing tournaments down there, they've been suspicious for a while. Oh yeah. So they get a peace of mind knowing that the guys are gone. And not only that, there's the tournament field's about to evolve. 
Yeah. Things think, happen and things change. I think the next, this is just a guess, but I'm going to say like the next six or seven years are going to be rough. Like there's going to be a lot of new rules every single year, new guidelines, new, new everything almost. And then I think like once all the tournament, like trails kind of figure out what path they want to go on and how they go about it. It's going to get like kind of figured in and dialed in. It's going to be a lot better than it is now. I, I think, I think there's going to be a growing period. I agree. And I disagree. Um, I agree wholeheartedly on like 90% of the term. I disagree on the stage of the law, right? Yeah. I don't, I think the NWT will stay the NWT. I think, the MWC will stay the MWC. Um, speaking of the MWC, did you see who won that? Not. Two Michigan men won that. Good for them. So Jerry Fox Jr. And I do apologize because I cannot. The other name is on the tip of my tongue right now, and I can't remember it. But anyway, um, Jerry's actually a part of the Lake St. Clair Walleye Club with us. I watched a really good seminar that he had last year. Um but shouts out to them. Congratulations, gentlemen. That's a hell of an accomplishment. Uh, they went all around the country, and they were team of the year. So yeah. that's badass, especially coming right out of our backyard. Yeah. You know, not backyard, St. Clair Shores. It's right there. Yeah. I mean, um, it's basically our backyard. But I think you're going to see a lot of those big tournaments. I think they've got – one, I think they've got it figured out for what works for them. Two, I think that you have a level of competitor that they're just not going to fucking cheat. The only I find like I don't know. The only thing I don't think they're gonna change. I think the smaller tournaments are gonna change. Yes, like all said. those like the the hundred boat tournaments yep. and under. But the, like the 150, 250 boat tournaments, I don't think it's gonna affect. The only reason I think it might get affected is because of how big it got out, like how much yeah. drama there is really involved. And like, if the pros start complaining that there needs to be turn or like rule changes, that's the only way I see it changing. Right? I don't think it'll happen. No. What happens is you you get to a that's like top tier, right? Tier one is your national walleye tour and, and your masters walleye circuit. Yeah. Right after that, there's a lot of. I like to call it like 1A, 1B, because like obviously there's only a select few that are going to be fishing the top of the top. So then you got your 1B that's like your Lake Erie Walleye Trail, your Michigan Walleye Tour, your, you know, your, your, they're not like local tournaments, I don't want to say, um, but they're not like the, the tippy top, top of the line. Like really anyone can still get into them and you can get in and win it. It's, right? like, it's like a junior league. You know, yeah, yeah, in a way. I think what you're going to see is a lot of change coming from that tier and down where, where it's, man, I got to pick my words carefully here. Cause where I don't trails, think any where the trails aren't fully developed yet. Yes. Well, the thing is, is I just think, I just think the competition's different. Like I I'm not saying that they're better fishermen, but I am going to say they're pros. And when you're, when you're a pro at that level, like you are in the national walleye tour and the master's walleye circuit, when you're at that level, you know, regardless of what you think it is, whether they're good fishermen or they have more money than you or whatever, when you're at that level, you're held to a certain standard. So, like, you're if you cheat there, do you get what I'm? Do you kind of get what I'm saying? No, I get it. When you get to that one B, you know, your average Joe Schmo, if he's got 250 bucks, he can join the Michigan Walleye Tour. 
it doesn't take anything to start stuffing lead down their throat. So it's like when you get into that second tier, that borderline tier that, dude, they're big tournaments. It's big competition. They're sponsored fishermen. I consider them pros. Like I consider those guys, you know, they're your local pros. Yeah. I think that is where you're going to run into issues all the way down to the local level, which, and I hate to say it, but even tournaments like right here at home, like the Marble Eye, that's $10 to get in. Those are the tournaments that are going to have to change because those are the ones, to be honest with you, I think people have been cheating with and and adding weight and doing that kind of stuff for years. And I know you agree with me. I know that you know how bad it is in this area alone. Oh, horrible. There's, we're going to, we're going to leave it at that. We're going to leave it at that. Yeah. It's bad. Um, it's getting you know better. I mean? It's slowly getting better. People are kind of catching on and leaving the area. But you, but that's what sportsmanship is getting better. Yeah. It's you're not going to see those guys that are pros. They know each other so well. It's such a they're not. Yeah, community. they're not going to do that. And that is why I think this specific event shocked so many people. Like the Lake Erie Walleye Trail. Like it's not necessarily like a giant field. I'm assuming the guys that fish all those events, just like the guys up here fish the Michigan Walleye Tour, the guys that fish all those events are probably pretty close. If you don't consider yourself friends, at least acquaintances. So it's like when you go out and you you do that to your competition, that's also your friends or your acquaintance, that's where it gets fucked up. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think just, that's the level of tournaments that are going to have to watch out. Yeah, even like around here, you join any local tournament, you're fishing against your friends. Like it. You know, like when I join a tournament around here, it doesn't matter if it's Elginac, Port Huron, Lake St. Clair. I know 90% of the people, or I've heard of them before. Like, everybody knows everybody in the fishing community. What's funny to me is, like, you talk about that, how, like, we fish against our friends and we pay money to fish against our friends and stuff. And, like, we'll send them a snap. We'll both be out fishing one day and we'll send a Snapchat. Like, our bag's bigger. And they're like, oh, we had a slow day. It doesn't matter. But all of a sudden, just because it's one random ass Saturday where we paid a hundred dollars to fish, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll always love that. But, but it's, that's what makes it's it why fun. we do it. That's what makes it fun. It's why we do it. So I think that is the biggest black eye. Is like, damn, these people that like were a part of our community were a part of us that we accepted. You know, whether whether people liked them or not, whether they were popular or not, that's one thing. But they were accepted. At the end of the day, they were accepted by a majority of the community. So it's like. And they did this right under our noses. Like they tried to do this to us, like out of anywhere. They tried to do this to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's tough, man. It's a bummer. And we're going to touch on it later this episode, but like we got a tournament that we want planned for next spring, yeah. you know, and we talk about it. How are we're, if we start a tournament, you know, we're the exact type of tournament that I'm most afraid of cheaters because it's like, you think it's a small town tournament. You think it's a friendly, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then next thing you know, a week later, three days later, so-and-so went up in the canal and pulled it out of a cage or so-and-so has had this in the live wall for two days. So it's like, God damn, man. You know, and we had to worry about that with our derby this year. And it just sucks. It absolutely sucks that you have to worry about someone cheating because you really honest to God in the goodness of your heart want to believe, you know, nothing happened or like everybody's going to follow the rules. Unfortunately, if 99% follow rules, that other 1%, is getting filthy rich and it just sucks. Yeah, but even these small town tournaments, it's not about money, it's all about ego. Yeah, well, for us, we're just trying to raise money. Yeah. For whoever, we haven't figured it out yet. But yeah, it's all ego. And you can I'm not gonna like point I'll feed my ego, I'm not gonna lie. 
Yeah, I'm not gonna point finger fingers, but like once you go to like fish a regular tournament, after like three or four years, you can tell if somebody's cheating or somebody's being sketchy. Like it doesn't take much at all. And I think that's what happened, right? I, I think, think that's why they got caught like semi early. It's not like it's been going on for ten years. Was it like, then like two years? Right, and it's not like they've been getting. Away. I I don't even want to say they've been necessarily getting away with it for that long. They haven't been getting away with it. They just haven't been caught. Yeah. So I guess technically they got away with it, but guys have been suspicious. Guys have been saying things. Words, word has been getting around the streets yep. that these motherfuckers are doing something and we don't know what it is. And But that's the fishing community. Like yeah, but one no, person gets suspicions and it gets around everybody. Oh, fishermen week. love gossip. Fishermen and high school girls love that's, gossip. It's good and bad. Oh, I mean, what everybody does. Especially yeah. when it comes down to like the tournament scene and the fishing scene, it's like, ooh, give me the deets. I love when a customer walks in here and it's got some juicy details about a tournament or something. Oh, I know. I'm like, let me hear it. A lot of the times they'll tell their story and I'm like, all right, now I got to figure it out from the other party and yeah, meet, then you meet somewhere it. in the middle. And then like five hours later, you hear it from somebody else. It all comes around. What goes around comes around, buddy. Exactly. Especially in this industry. It's it's way smaller than you realize when you first get into the industry. It's, it's like tiny. seems so big and oh my god, there's these guys in Wisconsin and there's these guys in Minnesota and there's these guys in the UP. They're such good fishermen, but it's like with the invention of social media and the advancements of social media and the fishing community being as small as it is, it's it's not big. You know no, what I mean? No. Like there's there it's not hard to meet people. It's not hard to talk to people. All it takes is the one it takes the right opportunity and it takes a little bit of work uh oh all right before we were so rudely interrupted by the phone <laughs> no not really but anyway yeah the fishing community is like it's really not as big as you think it is so i'm i don't know i said it already but i'm really hoping that all the good guys especially it starts at the top you know yeah. and it'll be interesting to hear what they say a lot of them i a lot of them have been kind of quiet I think they will be. I think I was just going to say that. I think they might honestly decide to stay quiet because here's the deal. You run into an issue like this and these guys get a lot of fame and a lot of glory. And this is exactly the same situation you run into when people commit crimes. They want to be on the news. They want to be the front page. So they go do stupid shit. So I think that's why. And that's why we're so focused on it. Like we're going to talk about it. We're going to catch up on it. And then it's dead. Yeah. You know, a week after this, we should all stop talking about it. And we should just reference it to make things better. But we can't keep living on it. The jokes, they're hilarious. They're funny. They're great. Dude, these guys' faces do not belong out there. No, but it's good, too. I. What am I trying to say? I think it's good how big it got because I think it's going to deter a lot of people that, that were thinking about doing it. Agreed. Like, it got... Well, the fact what, that it got so big so fast, I think it kind of opened a lot of people's eyes to, like, holy shit, that really happened, and like, it's everywhere. Yeah, like, hey, let's do let's do this, you know, and then the other guy. Well, did you see what happened to the other two guys? Like, maybe we shouldn't do that. Yeah, like, you know, go, that's what you hope for, at least. Exactly. Like, it, cheaters are pretty fucking dumb, though. Like the day after, it was like you open up TikTok. It's those guys. You open up Facebook. It's those guys. You open up Twitter. It's those guys. You open up Instagram. It's those guys. Well, and it was crazy because that's like the way it grew, right? Like the first time we saw it, it was from somebody's name that we didn't even know that like a friend of ours shared. Yeah. That must have literally owned the phone that took the video. 
And then it's like, then you turn it off and you turn it back on and like the local bait shops picked it up and like shared it. And then you turn it off and you turn it back on. And then like the smaller companies started picking them up, like the smaller companies in the fish community and started using it. Then you turn it off, pick it back up and like bar stools got it. And like pardon my takes got it. And like all these people on Twitter got, I'm like, it's not Twitter. It's I don't, nuts. I don't, I have, I have a Twitter to watch stupid stuff and laugh at, and I can't find any fishing content on Twitter. Twitter fishing is dead. Very. And these guys are everywhere. Yeah, it's it's insane. But I think, like, going, I was scrolling through the comments after ESPN posted it. Now I wanted to see and everybody. I think it's going to kind of open the eyes to the world that professional fishing is a thing and that you can go somewhere with fishing. Because a lot of people, like, on these big pages were, like, professional fishing is a thing, like, since when? And that was like 90% of the comments. So I think it kind of spread the word about fishing, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's interesting. That is an interesting take. I never went through the comments or anything like that. I guess it's true. A lot of people probably don't even realize like that's a thing and that you can win $10,000 fishing. I think people think It'll be that, a good thing, but yeah. a bad thing. I mean, as, as you watch the, like, the, the fishing boom in our industry, like as it's happening right now, um, you already see like people that aren't, necessarily ready to do things or are doing them just like for the clout or for the note of like for the notoriety of it all. Yeah. And it's like, man, like don't come into our sport for this. Like I did fall in love with fishing and I've been there, man. Like I'm, I'm over it now and I'm glad I am. But I've been there where like, you know, I want to represent this company and pro staff this company and do this and do that. I was there, man. And I loved it. And I love helping out all the companies that help us. But as far as like, chasing the pro staff and chasing the sponsors like that's done because you know i i had a moment when i sat down i had a really bad day of fishing when i was younger because i was spoiled when i first got into it we were just fucking pounding yeah you know so i had a moment when i was younger and i like i tell my clients this all the time when i'm out there fishing but like i sat down on a bad day of fishing on the boat and i was like in a bad mood and i remember thinking to myself I'm like why am i even doing this if i'm in a bad mood like why am i fishing if not catching fish every five minutes makes you mad, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like, then you got to sit there and think, why am I doing this? You know? And you find then, then you find your why, Yep. you know, why am I, why do I enjoy doing this? I can go out there, man. And all the nonsense that's going on at home, all the politic BS, all the environmental BS, these storms, these cheaters, all this stuff that's going on. Like we've got, influences in our life every day and especially when you're on your phone you see all this negative stuff go by your face it's so easy to be negative when i get out on the water like dude it's gone yeah right like my phone goes on silent and it goes in my pocket if i feel it vibrate i might pick it up or i might pick it up and check it every once in a while but like you know there's days where i go out fishing and i really don't even fish that hard like i barely look at my graph i don't side scan i just go to a spot where there might be fish where there might not be fish i put the trolling motor down and i fish yeah. And the only reason I'm out there is to just clear my head. Yep. It has nothing to do with what I pull over over the side of the boat. It has nothing to do with that, you know. And then there's other days where I go out there, and that's exactly what it's about. Find fish, catch fish. I'm going on a pound. Like, I just want to pound them. Yeah, and those are the days that sometimes get really, really frustrating. Yeah, the days when you want to go out there and get them and you can't get them. That, that's for a different. That's, that's for a different podcast. We'll talk about that for a damn hour. But that, 
that's the difference between, and I want you all to think about it that are listening. I want everybody that grabs a rod to think about it. Do you fish because you like fishing or do you fish because you like catching? And if you like catching, you need to realize to yourself that it's not going to be uh, butterflies and rainbows every day. Wind's going to be, so it's not always going to be sunny. It's not always going to be glass calm and you're not always going to catch 50 walleyes. No, not so at that, all. I mean, that's just the reality of fishing. Like, but shoot, man, when we were younger, like when we were young, young, you know, it, you'd be lucky to go out here and get three or four. That's yeah. what guys would tell us, yeah. you know, and then you hear times of like back in the eighties when they catch a hundred a night, but that's probably why they only caught three or four that year. But that's, probably, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you're going to, we're going to go through these cycles and fishing's not always going to be great. Lake Erie's not always going to have record hatches. I don't think. At this Maybe. rate, it might. Maybe. At this rate, it potentially might. But then is the bait going to hold on? See, you run into all these issues and all sorts of stuff. And th- we're playing an evolving game. It's always changing. The baits are changing. The fish are changing. Their diets are changing. Perfect example of their diets are changing. How about Great Lakes Lake Trout lately? Everybody hates them. Everybody calls them a greasy pig. Very few people realize that their diet has changed, and they're not that greasy of a fish anymore. They're good deep fried. They're good grilled. They're really good smoked. It's been, it's been really cool to see. Yeah. The, what this, this spring I caught one in the river and cut it open. And I was surprised. Like it did not taste bad at all. No. I mean, if you catch a lake trout outside of a, uh, of a school of shad, yeah, it's, it's probably going to have some shad in it. Yeah. 100%. But for the most part, they're really demolishing gobies. Oh, yeah. They love gobies. All the shiners, all the smell, all the little alewives that are down there that everyone thinks the alewives died, but they did. They had another bad die off this year, washing up on beaches and stuff. Not good, but. Yeah, but there's still a lot of them. There's a lot. Well, that's what I was. There's a lot of bait in the system. So that's, that is good. That's good to see. Um, The the one day me and Pete went out there while we were testing rods, we went, we pulled up to one of my spots. You could see bait for. Oh, it was unbelievable. It was insane. I looked, I was like looking around and I thought I was like about to pass out. Like I was just seeing stuff, but it was like, you stick your rod in the water and it was like bait. You couldn't see through the bait, but it was bait from like the surface of the water to like four feet under just cake shiners everywhere. And then, um, last week when I was out fishing, I pulled up to a corner on a seawall and I saw a bunch of bait. I was like, this looks all right. I tossed a jig with a paddle tail in there. Two jigs later, boom, 25-inch fish. Like, yeah, that's what we want. We want the bait. Sometimes you run into an issue where there's literally too much bait. We might have ran into it in Marysville. Like, you run into this issue yeah. where there's so much bait and so many shiners. I, I think the fish are just like, why am I going to eat this big-ass thing in front of my face when I could just swim up and eat these shiners, you know? Yeah, this summer was quite tough if you found too much bait. And it there's a lot of spots where you ran into it where they just legitimately were caked full of shiners. Um, are you good on the tournament scandal? I think I've talked enough about them. I think we've talked enough about where we think it's headed. And to be honest with you, I, I'm, I'm ready to move on. Yeah, I'm, I'm over it. So I guess, that's that. I, I mean, many phone calls about it this past week. Yeah, I mean, if you really want to figure it out, go online. You can see the videos. You can see that stuff. Message us on Facebook, and I'll message you back. I I don't know. I'm just – I don't think they deserve the notoriety. And I get it that they get what they got coming to them, and I, and I like I like them having to, you know, deal with this kind of stuff. But at the same time, like, 
you know, those guys from Michigan, they should be blasted everywhere. Everyone around here should be giving them a shout out. One guy's part of the walleye club and they win the masters walleye circuit. Like it's kick ass. Yeah. You know, I think a lot more, and I saw that yesterday going around a lot too, from a lot of the people in Michigan, like, Hey, let's get these losers out of here and bring, let's, let's talk about winners. You know, let's be positive. Um, but yeah, I think we've touched on enough about that. I think we know where the walleye world might be heading. I, I think that there's going to be a lot of changes that we don't see coming, but I, I do think in the end it'll be for the better. Yeah, if you really want to get into it, go listen to the, the Big Water podcast. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. probably – there's there's stories and stuff, and you can read the stories on Facebook, but to be 100% honest with you, none of them are going to be as – um, informational as the podcast with Ross, the Big Water podcast, because, like I said, Ross is talking directly to the tournament director of the Walleye Slam and directly to the tournament director of the Fall Brawl and Lake Erie Walleye Trail where it happened. So they give you a firsthand account of what happened. He tells you what he heard, tells you what he saw. Um, so go there. Like, if you want facts and you want information, go there. Yeah. With that being said, um, I know we touched on it a little bit. Did you have something to say? No. It sounded like it's upset. I don't think so. All right. With that being said, guys, we did touch on it a little bit, but um, coming up next spring is going to be our hook one shootout. Uh, we're going to be doing a, a spring tournament early May. Uh, it'll be obviously a walleye tournament, bringing in the fish live. Weigh-ins uh, and check-in will be right here around the shop. There is a ton of planning. It's literally in the infant stages. Uh, with that being said, though, we are going to be looking for sponsors and stuff to start on that. So we'll have sponsor packages out. So keep an eye out for that. That's my PSA. And sponsors for this podcast. Holy. Shoot your shot, big fella. Yeah, we need some sponsors out here. Yeah, to be honest with you, anyone out there that's listening, if you've got a business that uh, you want a couple hundred people <laughs> a week to hear, hear it, we'll be happy to do it. Um, it'll only help our show grow. It'll only help our bait shop grow. So, but anyway, um, last week we had our fall frenzy days. That was badass. We had chase here from Garmin. The weather absolutely sucked all weekend. So that was cool. I think it was the first time in four years that the wa- the weather was below 75 degrees in, uh, beginning of October. Good though. It's good for the fishing. It's good for the hunting. It's good for the outdoor. It wasn't good for business. Environment. It wasn't good for business, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, we had three boats floating here, all of them with Garmin products. Besides from my boat, I had a humming, I had hummingbirds on there as well. Um, we had three boats here floating. We had our buddy Tony, who's a four. Rep- we had four at one point. We had the Teeter. Oh yeah, the regulator boat was yeah. here too from Teeter Marine. Shouts out Teeter Marine. Yeah. That's um, a badass we're gonna boat. do it. Yeah, it is a badass boat. Regulators, those are some sweet center consoles. I actually got to do the fishing on the 24XO. Uh, and it's an expensive boat, but you know what? All boats are expensive. So yeah. you get what you pay for. Yeah. And that that boat is the definition of that, dude. When I actually got to drive the thing and play with the music and play with the graphs and play with like all the little things that make a regulator a regulator, it was awesome. Super cool. Yeah. Um but that was a lot of fun. So basically for anyone that didn't make it, which is probably mostly listening, didn't make it. That's all right. I'll forgive you. <laughs> um, no, it was super cool. We had the we had our buddy Chase here. He already talked about Garmin Electronics with us. He was actually here working on Garmin. Um, we actually had a lot of people come and talk to him specifically 
wanting to figure out their products and stuff. And I'm really glad that we could offer that to them. Uh, we had Tony here who was here with St. Croix Rods, and he was talking a little bit of Eagle Claw, Northland Tackle. Northland Tackle has some really, really cool stuff coming out. Um, keep an eye on like our Facebook and our social media for that kind of stuff because we're going to start, as they start releasing things and it becomes easier to get our hands on, we'll start sharing it. Um, but they've got some really nice baits, some really nice jigs. Their buckshot spoons are sick. Um, so Tony was here talking a little bit about them. Uh, and it was really cool, man. We just got guys in here. And, and the cool thing was, is like, guys, most bait shops would be pissed, but like guys didn't even necessarily come here to buy. They just came here to see and to hang out. And I love that. Yeah, man. I love that. Like we spent a lot of the day just in here talking fish, fishing. It's why we do what we do. It's why I'm doing this now. And I'm trying to get out of what I am doing with the restaurant and that, that type of customer service industry. I just, I want to be able to do things I love to do and hosting those events. And, you know, it doesn't matter if five guys show up or 50 guys show up. It's really cool to be able to sit down and talk, whether we talked about perch fishing or musky fishing or walleye fishing or salmon fishing or whatever it was. You know what I mean? It was, it was really cool to be able to have that. So um, basically, with that being said, uh, there's some really cool things that we're looking forward to. We touched on it a little bit, but we got a booth at the Novi Fishing Show. We're going to be right next to our boy Pat and the crew from Mag's Rods. Yeah. So we'll have them, we'll have the Mag's Rods right next to us. So you can come check out Pat. Uh, and everything that they're doing, ice rods, open water rods, bass, walleye, lake trout, shit, you name it, it'll be there. Yeah, um, he builds some badass rods. Are you looking forward to the show? What are you excited about? Um, Yeah, I'm excited. We're going to do a show. I haven't even told Louie this yet. Um, But we are going to do a podcast live from the show. So really? we can, yeah. So we can talk to some of the guys that are there that are just kind of coming through. Start pulling them out of the roads. That's if it. If you walk by our booth, you're getting pulled in. If you walk by, we'll give you more information when it comes up. Um, that that is one podcast. I'm getting I'm getting off topic, but that's okay. That is a podcast that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, this is podcast is way off the rails. That's all right. That's, that's okay. what it's about. It's true. Um, every single one is like, oh, we're talking about walleye and how to catch them and where to catch them. No, we're winging this one, yeah. and it's awesome. Yeah, it's um, good. You guys better like this one. So and share it. Like, share, and subscribe. Uh, <laughs> Stole my line. Um, no, I'm really looking forward to that podcast because it's going to be one of those like live podcasts. You'll hear a lot of nonsense going on, going on, going on in the background, but it'll be really cool, and we'll get to talk to a lot of guys in the industry. Another one that I'm really looking forward to doing is our Facebook Live one that we talked about doing. Yeah, um, we're going to do that one towards the end of this month, where we're basically going to have uh, one computer screen set up where we're on Facebook Live, talking to everybody on Facebook, and doing that. But at the same time, we'll make it possible, you know, between questions and answers and tips and all that kind of stuff, we will make it possible for you guys to understand it over the podcast. So for those of you that don't have Facebook or won't be able to join us, you'll be able to listen to this podcast. Or if you like it so much, you want to go back and listen back to it, that would be even cooler. Um, and you'll be able to do that. So those are two podcasts that I'm really looking forward to. But we're going to have the booth at the Novi Fishing Show. Um, we're going to have all of our custom painted jigs there. That we can do, we'll have probably sell some stinger hooks and stuff. I'm sure there's gonna be people looking for that. Uh, I'm really excited. We're gonna have a ton of custom crankbaits from John Latham and JT Customs. So we'll have a lot of custom cranks, maybe some custom Rapalas. Um, and then the other thing we're gonna have is um, musky. Thank you, dude. Gosh damn it! I'm over here looking at all these rods. I'm like, Pat's gonna be next to us. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, we're going to have a bunch of musky stuff. So we're talking to the guys over at Chaos Tackle. I cannot thank them enough for how awesome they've been to us. There's a lot of great people out there that make musky baits. Um, so I don't want to feel like I'm forgetting anyone, but the guys at Chaos and Vince in particular, he's been awesome um, helping us out, working with us, what colors are good around here, because I think he knows what we what we want to be, what our plan is to be, and to get there like within the next year. You know what I mean? Yeah. We do we do enough fishing on our own, but if you don't have people that are experts in the industry that are helping you, it makes it a lot harder. Uh, and Vince and his crew at Chaos, they've been great. So we're going to have hopefully a ton of – and I say hopefully um, very strictly because we are going to have a ton of Medusas, Poseidons. Um, we'll have a lot of their rods hopefully at the show. I think that I, I say hopefully because shipping is absolutely a disaster. But I think our goal is to have everything that you show up and like why doesn't everybody have this? Our goal to to put this humbly. Our goal is to show people why we're one of the best bait shops. Yeah, where we are. And that's, that's kind of like, we want to show you it's, it's, I'm not going there to try and make $4,000 in sales. If it happens, it happens. I'm going there to show people where we are. I'm going there to show people who we are and I'm going there to, you know, let them know like we're here and we're like, we don't really plan on going anywhere. Like this is what we want to do, you know? And I want to talk to those people in the industry. I want those people in the industry that we only see once a year. I want them to see what we have. I want customers from around the state to see what we have. Yeah. At the end of the day, our customers know it. Our regular customers know it. The more money that people spend in here, it goes right back into the shop. There's a reason we've gotten to where we've gotten in the last year and a half. And it's not because I've been taking this money and putting it in my pocket. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, I don't worry. I'm okay. My bills are paid, but like, I want to get as much inventory on these shelves as possible because I, I told you when we first started this bait shop, I wanted to be maxed out in three years. In three years, I wanted the walls to be covered to the point where it's like, you know, we'll bring in a couple new stuff here and there. We'll get rid of the stuff that's not really working. But for the most part, you know, this place is stacked and it looks good. But we got a long way to go. We got a long way to go, bro. Yeah, we do. You didn't even get to go to the fishing show last year. I know. You didn't miss out. I missed out, dude. I miss those guys. I like I like seeing everybody down there. Yeah, like, I like I like talking to everybody. I like seeing all the small businesses. I like seeing all the big businesses. I like seeing the pros. I like seeing all the boat dealers and the reps over there. Like we know those guys now. Like we're friends, so it's we get to go there. And and I literally can't wait. We're closing down the shop January twelfth through the fifteenth, twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth. Yep, really, it's in January. Yeah, January twelfth to the fifteenth. Isn't We're it closing down. February? I'm going down to my buddy. I got a house that I'm going to be at, Novi. Shouts out to Fitz. I graduated with Kevin. He's cool, dude. But I'll actually be staying in Novi because I'm going to be staying there late. I'm going to be getting there early. Um, I already know that because I want the booth set up a certain way. I want it to be done a certain way. Um, so we're really looking forward to that. Mark your calendars, y'all. Um, we'll actually probably, as we get closer, do some giveaways and give away some free passes. Uh, to get in because we'd love to have you. We'd love to see you at our booth. Um, so keep that in mind. And um, other than that, man, I don't have anything for this episode. I had a lot of fun on this one. Yeah, it was pretty pretty solid, if you ask me. Um, we'll be coming back next week with a lot more of actual fishing. Um, we got some killer perch fishing going on right now, and that's definitely a podcast I really want to touch on is – the underrated pan fishing between the perch and the bluegills and the 
fucking crappies. Yes, they're so there. I, I don't know how to catch them, but they're there. Uh, <laughs> crappie fishing has um, to be a whole new level of. I'll bring pacing. someone in. I'll bring someone in for that podcast. But crappie Joe, no, to be serious, if you're listening to this, crappie Joe. To be serious, we're <laughs> we're gonna talk a lot about perch fishing, bluegill fishing, um, and how you can stack your freezers with with the good stuff. Don't get me wrong, walleyes are good, but you got the sweet meat. The panfish are the sweet meat. So we'll talk a little bit next week, probably how to stock up your fridge with some sweet meat, uh, perch rigs, perch pounders, uh, fishing these fish under floats and bobbers, which is super fun. Uh, and then where to look for them, where to look for them in the river, where to look for them in the lake and where they're heading. Because right now, uh, it seems like in the Great Lakes, wherever you can find perch, there's some sort of predator behind them. Maybe, Whether, maybe touch on a little salmon fishing next week. It's that time of year. Maybe. Louie's going out uh, tomorrow. No, Wednesday. Tomorrow. Hopeful. Uh, Louie might be going out. Louie might not be going out. He is, at some point, going to go out and get us a report. I know those fish moved in. We've had a lot of north winds over here, which has dropped our water temperature drastically. It's been getting down into the 40s at night. So, I mean, these fish are moving, and they moved from 120 to 80, and then from 80 to 40 all within, like, two weeks. So maybe even less than two weeks. They aren't even like staging in water depths anymore. They are going from 80 and they're just. They're bait finding, which is really cool. They're swimming their little noses all the way into the rock walls. Yep. They are hunting down bait. So we're definitely going to touch on that. Y'all stay tuned. Oh, that's right. You had a question that we want to ask the people. Um, We want you all to give us your input. We need your input. As a matter of fact, Um, I wanted to ask you all on here first. We kind of, I said it to Louie before the podcast, that we kind of respect the podcast listeners more than the Facebook because it just. You guys are dedicated. You got, yeah, we really appreciate that y'all are listening all the time. And that's why, like, we did the giveaway for you guys. There'll be another giveaway that'll be a podcast exclusive coming up in the next podcast or two. Um, we literally can't say it enough how much we appreciate the support. Like, we really do want this to take off and we want it to go to the next level. And obviously, with that comes us putting out more consistent of a product. I know sometimes we'll go like weeks, um, but we're also trying to catch up on this. But with that being said, we want your guys' opinions on, you know, what do you, what, what else is the shop missing? What else does the shop need? What do you all want to see for spring 2023 or maybe even winter? Do you guys want to see some winter stuff? I hate ice fishing, but for you guys, I will put some rods in here. I would get some live bait in here. I would get some spoons or some jigs. I'm not going crazy, but we want to know what, what you guys want to see out of hook one, because I think Louie and I do a pretty good job of what we want to see out of our customers. Yeah. Right. So we want to know what you all want to see out of us. I'm not going to go on Facebook and say it because I'm just going to get some asshole with a stupid answer. And what do you guys want to hear on a podcast? Like, but we yeah, need ideas. Yeah, we need ideas. Like we're coming out here thinking we I'll tell you why we need ideas. And it's not because we don't have ideas. But every time we come up with an idea, we think it's something stupid that you guys don't want to listen to. Yeah. So then we end up getting caught in this. Oh, do our listeners want to listen to this? Do they really want to listen to this? Probably not. All right, we'll do one, you know, tomorrow. And it, and it gets tough. And then there's a lot of times where the, the topic will just come up and smack us in the face. And believe me, we've probably got another 40 topics sitting in a notebook back here. But after those 40 are gone, then what? Yeah. So we'll keep cranking them out. But we really want to hear from y'all. We're easy to get a hold of. We've got Facebook. We've got Instagram. I've got Twitter. You have Twitter? I do have Twitter. We both have Twitter that we both don't usually check. 
but we have Twitter. Twitter. We now have a TikTok. Get on Hook One Bait and Tackle on TikTok. Um, you can email us. Our emails can be found here on the podcast. We we genuinely, truly want to know. We want to be a show that is going to be, you know, with our listeners, for our listeners. I don't want to come on here and preach all the time and listen to you guys. I want to talk about what you guys want to talk about and what you want to hear. I don't care if it's as much as uh, how, did, you know, if you just want a simple answer a question, how do you tie your leader to your main line? Do you use a barrel swivel? Do you use this? Do you use that? We can touch on all that stuff. We can take this thing as basic as we want. We can take this as complex as we want. Um, so that's why we're coming to you, our listeners, our real fans, uh, and we want to hear what you guys want to see, what you guys want to hear. You know, keep us keep us on our toes. We love constructive criticism. We Louis was a big hockey player. I was a big football player. We firmly believe uh, that that sports kind of got us into it, but we like constructive criticism. What are we doing wrong? How can we make it better? Right? Yeah, exactly. Louis won't cry, and if he does, I'll put it on our TikTok. It'd be good content. God, that would be funny. But anyway, other than that, Louie, tell them what they got to do. Like, share, and subscribe. It doesn't cost you guys a dime. It means the world to us. And who knows, maybe one day it can make us a dollar. So thank you guys. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to us ramble on. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed it. And we'll talk to you next time, either about salmon or panfish. (laughs) 